Wow, here we are. I think last week it was really cold. Today it's supposed to get up to 86 degrees here, or 87, I think. So, we don't want to begin these uh, broadcasts with the weather forecast, which we've done over the past month or so, but it bears noting. <laughs> so, it's great to, to be here for another edition of Saints Radio, and it's great to welcome Monica back from her sojourn out west. Thank you. Good to be home. I know it's actually chilly, quite chilly in California. It was freezing when I left here, got to California, it was cold, and then got in last night at almost 1 a.m., and it was warm. <laughs> like, what manner of earth do we live in? Wow. It's crazy. Cold in yeah. California. Yeah, cold. Well, I say cold. It felt like winter. And I'm, I'm as many times as I've been there over the last seven years. It's, it's you know, it, regardless of the temperature, the sun is usually always warms things up. So it did. It felt, it felt more wintry than it normally does. But anyway, still beautiful. Still yeah. beautiful. See that, you know, that. It's it's a weird state because like if you go up to Cal if you go up to San Francisco you're freezing. I don't think honestly I think the two times I think I've been the coldest in my life or felt that way was one in San Francisco in the winter and two in Switzerland <laughs> mm. in Geneva when we were doing the or was it. Switzerland, while we were doing those activation, well, the activation at the UN, or yeah, and then there was, I guess there was three where we went to that Avin Avignon. Avignon, yeah, yeah, that was bitter, yeah, but um, <laughs> what did Mark Twain say? The coldest winter I ever spent was a summer in San Francisco. Yeah, I, I it's funny. Yeah. But that was cold in Switzerland, and that was cold in Avignon. But then in November, we went to Santa Barbara, and it was beautiful, and we walked on the beach and felt like just normal California climate. Then we got in the car on Sunday and drove to Big Bear, which is on the other side, and it was snowing and still didn't feel that cold, but it was snowing. So... It just never has felt that cold in California, except for in San Francisco. Yeah. Well, I remember so. going to San Diego on a number of occasions years ago, and it always amazed me that you're right down there in the south, right on the border of Mexico, and it was cold. And then it would heat up in the afternoon, but then you needed a really thick sweater in the in the evening. I remember. That was a surprise to me because the girls were little at that point and had to keep them dressed accordingly, which seemed to be an ongoing pursuit. I don't need to tell you about that. Um, but anyway, welcome back. You can thaw out from your visit to California on this hot day. Um, we had some strange, we had uh, that big windstorm in the rain and produced leaks and we finally had to have roofers, they came out and patched up some places on our, well, that roof, when did we get it replaced? Back when the big hailstorm when Coleman was here. So it's been a while. But then... Um, I'm curious why you associate that with Coleman. Well, I... <laughs> you know, we miss him. I remember him standing up and the look on his face. I, I just remember the look on his face when that hail was hitting the roof. It was just it was just classic Coleman, and his eyes were as big as sand dollars. So that's why I said that, because I always think he was the first one I saw when that started hitting. And he stood up and he was looking at me. That's why I think of that. Well, anyway, enough of the weather. Um, 
many of you are engaging with us in the uh, the advent toward the presence seminar and just a bit of housekeeping first um, we would normally be saying register but there's a few technical issues going on there and hopefully they'll be rectified soon so you can't register yet on our website but it will be soon um, but this uh, progression of intercession leading up to a seminar is really different than any that I can remember we've had lots of different types of invitations for people to pray but this one leading up to the presence is it's really orchestrated which I would imagine would make sense because of the nature of what this gathering really entails that this week we are in, we are inviting people to fast and particularly to come before the Lord on behalf of our calling as saints and our welcoming of his spirit upon that calling um, and uh, it's been a, it's been an interesting time I can speak to me and then I'll turn it over to you but yesterday being Monday I got up really early and was praying about what I was supposed to do and I felt such a, a rush of different possibilities and I felt almost like a this is these are your options choose choose one and it was so different because you know God chooses the fast and normally when when a fast comes you if you're the leader and you're calling the thing you you have a very clear directive which God did give us but yesterday it was like God was saying today you you choose so I did what he said to do today was totally different I, I went in at 4.30 and was just walking into the dark room and I felt like I was supposed to immediately kneel and offer to the Lord and while I did that I felt him very clearly tell me what it, what he wanted for me today so it was totally different these two days and I think I think that it, it it's really testing our ability to hear and our ability to discern what the Spirit is saying. I, I felt like it wasn't only indicating that that was going on, but there was a testing, and the obedience to it is sharpening, as it were. So, anyway... This is a week of fasting. Um, what's what? What say you regarding these things? I know you and I talked about it last week several times, but then you weren't able to be proclaiming it, um, which I understand why that was, but I missed that. So, what would you like to add? Well, I, our, our prayer emphasis for this season, this pre-seminar season, which we are officially submerged in, has been, as many of you or most of you should know, has been based on a five-fold prayer emphasis that um, that we were given, and we are by the leading of the Spirit, following the pathway of how to apply that in our prayer. And um, there's five points. We've welcomed His presence. And these are things, these are ongoing pursuits of the Lord. They don't stop when the week ends. It's like an ongoing prayer emphasis. But 
we all know that we're called to to welcome his presence and we want to welcome his presence in our person and in our place of his stemme, the place where he's called us to stand. We want to welcome his presence in our gathering, in our churches. We want to host his presence. I mean, we want to be those that are welcoming the presence um, of the Lord and that really are the manuka or the it's manuka there's another way to 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 express it right is it manawak manuka it's so funny with the hebrew and with the greek because we we say things we pronounce them in certain ways we click on the little button and it tells us how to express it and then i could be listening not that i do very often but i could hear somebody else speak of a Hebrew word and pronounce it a completely different way. (laughs) And it's so funny because I guess it doesn't really matter. But I know if it was the French language, it would really matter. (laughs) But anyway, um, you know, as first fruits individuals, we well, we offer ourselves, give God the best of what we have. And this is definitely a moment where I really sense that he's he's asking for us to to give of ourselves, give of our time, just to make a sacrificial offering to him every single day, whatever that looks like to welcome his presence. But then we we came into this week where it really aligns itself with that second point um, on our prayer directive, which is to pray that covering that we would as saints and intercessors hit the mark. That we would that we would be and accomplish what he's called us to accomplish in this setting, and 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 we realize that as saints, I mean, we're called to a ministry of restoration, and we do that through our intercession. We do that prophetically, um, but we need to remember that that praying in the spirit, praying in diversities of tongues, is really not only our tool but our weapon in that. And so I want to encourage everybody through this week as we're fasting and as we're really asking the Lord for a covering and for the empowerment for us to to really hit the mark, that we remember what he's given us in our function, to pray in the spirit, to pray in diversities of tongues, to realize that that is uncovering the mysteries that really guide us and the application of what we're called to do and accomplish. And so, um, yeah, it's just, it, it's an exciting week. And, and you know, fasting is a sacrifice. It is, it's, it's what God is requiring this week of us, that we fast um, in our physical frame. But remember, and, and this is something that, that I learned in the midst of all of our years of fasting, because we used to fast I mean, I thought I, I, I remember, I remember seasons where we fasted more than we actually ate, <laughs> right? And um, I'll never forget my sister popping those vitamin C drops. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. You can fast everything but these little vitamin C drops that were like Dr. Pepper for this congregation. You know, there was Dr. Pepper, there was Mountain Dew, and there was vitamin C drops and Altoids. But anyway, I digress. Um, so, you know, I just really accompany what you say and say, just ask the Lord, be before the Lord and ask him what he would have you to give in way of fasting, in way of giving yourself in, in the pursuit of welcoming his presence and in, in the pursuit of standing on behalf of this body of saints and, um, the alignment of us accomplishing what he's called us to accomplish. And then also what, what he would have you to give in prayer this week in intercession and diversities of tongues. And honestly, I mean, some of us, we have to schedule that. Others, it's just a, you know, a continuous flow. 24-7, you wake up at night, you're praying in the Spirit. You're driving in your car, you're praying in the Spirit. But just be really mindful of that. And and remember that... Um, his, his manuka presence rests upon first fruits individuals. 
and that is who we are and we want to give God the best of what we have and um, that's really how we're poised so that's what I have that's good well thanks for tuning in today we will uh, just fast for the rest of the 40 minutes we're going to fast we're going to do a fast of silence (laughs) which is the hardest fast for a lot of people we did this we did this um, silence fast at one of our seminars and you all probably remember this and we did it from like te- like when the Friday evening service concluded i think we fasted maybe from 10 to 12 or 9 to 12 or whatever but it was a set couple of hours where we were going to fast do the silence fast to silence the enemy which is not a bad idea and it was <laughs> It was so funny because you heard all kinds of things. You heard snoring. <laughs> right? Because it's like at the late hour. And then we had one particular intercessor that, and, and I believe that the spirit was on her. I mean, and she kept yelling out, Abba! Abba! <laughs> Throughout the whole time. I thought Luke. Oh, I thought Lord. Luke Benishon was gonna. That was funny. <laughs> it was. It wasn't funny, but it was funny. You know, it wasn't funny, but it was funny. You know what? It's God looks on the heart, right. and, and I think that. I mean, it, it, it is. I think He appreciates the fact that we find humor in these things, and we don't just get frustrated <laughs> because we are human and. <laughs> And he's looking at the heart and the devotion oh, and the commitment to that. But Oh, my goodness. But, I, you know, next week is our focus is on uh, really a more of a warfare kind of. It's going to be more of a warfare-directed kind of week of intercession. And I wonder if the Lord might not call us to some measure of silence for an hour. Or, I don't know, we'll see what the Lord does. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I, I've been thinking about that for next week. And, of course, we have communion here at our church on this coming Sunday. And I was trying to discern, of course, we're, you know, you often say that I do this, which I believe you're right. I'm in the middle of something. Did you all hear that? And I start... Could, could we take note of that, <laughs> that he actually said that I was right? <laughs> but I start thinking in the midst of that about what we're supposed to do next. Or, you know... So we're in the midst of this thing this week, and we're devoting ourselves to what the Lord wants. But I was thinking about Sunday, and I thought, Father, what do you want us to do differently with this communion thing in light of the end of this week and the beginning of next week which is kind of an interesting week and I was kind of surprised yesterday um, that I thought I had already offered what I was supposed to do in the fact <coughs> but when I got here to the church um, I had knew I needed to go out onto the back parking lot and knew I needed to go onto the front and talk about ways the enemy has tried to intrude upon the estemi here. And I, of course, didn't mention all of the things because they're, here's a good word, <coughs> voluminous. Um, there are volumes of things that have happened there. But it was it was like, it was more from the intent of the Lord saying, You need to be reacquainted with what I have, where I've placed you and what is here and be aware of the fact that the enemy knows very well what's here and is part of what he tries to do is not just to stop us or to hinder, but he tries to tap into that just like any sorcerer would and 
there was a great emphasis on an appreciation for the histeme here, which is every one of us, wherever we're planted, has their own measure of histeme. But here, this is a really profound confluence of a lot of different touch points in the spirit. So I guess what I'm saying that for is that it was kind of alarming to me when I got here because I knew what he had said for our assignment. And I knew that really the next week is more about gleaning strategies and standing against the wiles of the enemy. And I thought, why am I doing this today? I don't, I don't question that. I don't mean that from a, well, this doesn't make any sense. I, I was trying to process why is this today? And I think it's because God released the message of the saints from this esteme. And there's something about this esteme that the enemy really doesn't want us to discover. And at the same time, he, he wants to access it. But at the same time, he almost wants us to discover so that he can learn more about what the Father's put here. But for me, our fasting this week, at least for my life, was that whatever things I have, that I need to have awakened so that I can utilize this thing that the, the cross has paid for, that needs to happen. And in whatever ways I may have thought I understood something, which Christians are bad about this, when we think we've come into a point of understanding, then sometimes that blocks us from further understandings, which is why we need to have the circumcision of the heart. I think that's so good. And I think that that's a natural progression for where God has us because, um, first of all, I think fasting is a weapon. I think it, 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 it brings clarity. And, and um, like you said, I mean, there's a purification in, in those kinds of things. But leading into Sunday where it's communion, um, you know, everything that we face should be addressed in communion. I mean, if his blood speaks a better word, if his blood is the most power, you know, there's power in his blood, there is life in his blood. And, and you know, the saying, the, only, the enemy only has the power over you or over us when we give it to him, you know, it's like he only has enough power that we allow him. And some can, I mean, we are in a place of warfare, so I'm not discounting that. I'm just saying that personally, I think our hindrances personally, those things should be addressed at the table. But leading up to that, you know, whatever could be hindering us from fully stepping into the fulfillment of what the table represents for us, the better word, the, the, the fresh word, the empowerment of his blood, you know, all of those things. If you, go, if you go to that table and you're not acknowledging the things that are hindering you, and it could be anything. It could be um, anything. Yeah. Any, I mean, I know personally the things that I'm facing – in my life, just my the circumstances of my life could totally hinder my moving forward right now because of the burden that they are. So this may not be making sense. I'm just saying I think that like this week is is so significant in that we acknowledge who we are, our identity, and we ask the Lord for the covering of that and we, you know, continue in intercession and in prayer, keep our spirit building up our most holy faith, but also before him in fasting, bringing that clarity for him to show us anything that could be hindering us from moving forward 
into just the fullness of what really that table represents. Mm -hmm. So Sunday is kind of like a pivotal point to launch us into, I mean, the saints are warriors. They're intercessors. They're also warriors, right? If I remember what the Bible says. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, you know, part of, part of this, this week, um, really has to do with the blessing of the Lord, which is why the meal is part of what we're asking people to do this week. <clears throat> and, you know, I think, I think that I had never really associated what I said on Sunday about the the, the breastplate stone, which was basically formed from that word for to kneel and to, to have that lightning, that empowerment. But then the, the pool of Salome and the pool being part of that kneel and how that supplied the people during Hezekiah's day, during that siege and undoubtedly from other, uh, other times and how Jesus healed the blind man. And the reason I'm saying that is that that derivative is very important with this kneel. We've, we've appreciated the kneel for the empowerment, for the promotion, for um, what the knee represents, represents in grace. <coughs> but we've also had a focus over these past couple of months on the river of the Lord and the pool of healing here and the streams and the, and the development in that river in heaven that Ezekiel spoke of. But, um, to what degree can we equate the kneeling by that selective word for pool? It's not, it's not always used to describe pools or sources of water, but for God to say, and it wasn't just because the camels knelt there. Significant things happened from that upper pool, that pool of Siloam. Um, and so in conjunction with the kneeling, I guess I'm coming back around circle to it, um, and the connection with the water, which has been very important for us over this past season, and it's not finished. Uh, the streams that heal the nations, the healing, and the uh, the ways that God wants to move in that regard. I think that part of what yesterday, what I mentioned about kneeling and recognizing the histeme, I think that part of what we're doing in fast this week as we kneel is asking God to to access whatever that pool represents, whether it's supply when the enemy comes against us, or whether it's when Jesus smeared the mud in the guy's eye and said, go and why didn't he send him to the to the pool of Bethesda? He didn't do it. He sent this the blind guy to this thing. So what does that represent for us? You know, in two weeks we're going to be focusing on travail for um, Christ to be formed. Could it could it not be part of the water of the Lord that removes the the challenges from people's eyes so that they'll they'll see? If they obey, they move the stuff that's in their eyes that's hindering them to see. I don't know. God has so much intricacy in everything he does. And uh, now I remember one time out on that back parking lot we we had a seminar and 
This was the famous, I think this was the famous one when the goose chased Robert Four, no, not Robert Four, Robert Fulton, and Alan and Colette were here, and we took the little kids over there, and we did an activation regarding the meal offering, but then we came back over to the parking lot, and we burnt. A book? Yeah, we burnt it as an offering before the Lord. I, I remember that just like it was yesterday. That that was so precious. But every one of the things that God does has such significance. And so the kneeling for the covering of the saints, for the manuka of his presence, that means a lot for us. <clears throat> like with his presence from number six, that benediction, which has been so watered down and filled with cream um, so that it's real sweet, you know, may the Lord bless you and keep you, may he cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. You know, right between the Nazarite and the inauguration of the tabernacle, would God really make it just a warm and fuzzy then? Or was he talking about kneeling and, and meeting him in his presence and being an agent of victory and peace? Uh, I, I think that's what he's doing for us at this point. We're, we're going into the world in a, in a bigger way well, I won't say in a bigger way. In a way commensurate with what we're supposed to do, we're establishing tabernacles for the purpose of seeing those people welcome the ongoing dwelling of the presence of God. That, that was indicated right there. The tabernacle was ready. And this is what you need to do as a priest through Moses to commission the people for partnering with that tabernacle. Now, whether they did it or not, obviously something got screwed up because it never really did all that God wanted. I pray that we will partner with him to the degree that in this season and in what's coming, we won't miss anything that he requires. Amen. So, that was a ramble. We did have some chit and some chat earlier. We talked about the weather and we talked about things, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm thinking about this seminar and thinking about this gathering and just the multitude of the things, of the things that the Lord has shown and with the water and there had you know lord help us to be good stewards of your mystery of the revelation that you've given us to not only teach but to apply and equip and empower because this is not a just it's not just about Dallas it's not just about what's happening in this sanctuary it's about every terio that's represented and some you know many we don't even know about yet and i was on wednesday thursday night i was um i was trying to get ready to leave for my trip because i was getting picked up at like 6 a.m from the uber and I was praying, and and I, I I felt compelled to stop what I was doing, which was packing, and just get on my face for a season. And so I did. I I proskuneoed. I didn't kneel, but I, I laid face down on the on the ground on the floor, and I just I just felt like it was something the Lord was requiring of me in that moment. Maybe because I was going to be away for five days and I wasn't going to be able to be here and um, in my place of prayer. But anyway, so I lay down and 
when I lay down, literally, I felt like my spirit just connected with the earth. Mm. With, um, but I was in the sanctuary. But it was like my it's it was like I was laying in the altar area in the sanctuary, and my spirit was connecting with creation that groans, mm. and my spirit could hear, and began to groan with the groaning of the earth that is calling, crying out for the sons. And this all happened in like 10 minutes. And then as I laid there and just partnered with the Lord and whatever he was wanting to do in that moment, it felt, you know, it was like dry. It was like his creation. It was like dry. And, and all of the sudden the river from the throne just came rushing through the altar, you know, the, the sanctuary. Cause I was, I, my spirit was in the sanctuary. I haven't had that happen in a while. It's, it happens at night often when I'm sleeping and I'm dreaming and then I find myself in the sanctuary somewhere, but just being totally awake and the Lord say, get on your face. But anyway, I saw just this, the river of the Lord just rushing like a torrent down through the, the altar area. And I felt the significance of the systemic. I mean, it was like, it was just like one of those spiritual encounters that I was not expecting that I didn't really have, you know, in my natural thought thinking, I was rushing, trying to get ready so I could get to bed so I could do what I needed to do. But anyway, I say all that to say, be sensitive to the Lord and to the spirit when he calls you to, to, to do something like that, you know, some kind of prophetic demonstration. I don't know, but I walked away from that. It's still with me. And I really believe that it is so prophetic for what we are doing in this season. And it is, the you know, the earth groans, creation groans for the manifestation of the suns. And that is what we're called to do in Brazil, is <laughs> partner in that histeme for the suns to, to, you know, anyway, so... It's interesting. I, I haven't had contact with those folks down there because they went on their, I guess, their summer retreat with their congregation in I'm Sao Paulo. But they had a big storm that yeah. hit Sao Paulo. A lot of flooding last week. And um, I I wondered, Lord, what is, what if anything does that represent? But we just need to, I just need to focus on what's going on here. Um, that's so interesting. You know, you talked about the river flooding through. That's, that's precious. The thing about it is, is <laughs> he is, he is, he is our, he's our source. I mean, I, I just, I, I was speaking of Brazil, I was, I was doing the teaching on Thursday with Anna and, um, and I was teaching on supplication and, you know, it's crazy when you, you know, when you offer yourself and you're doing it on behalf of the body, on behalf of the saints and yet I always stand on the fact that the teacher always learns more than the student. <laughs> and the Lord is just so faithful to provide, to, to flow his provision into us as we offer ourselves. It's like being broken bread and poured out wine. And when you feel you're empty, he, he's the source to flow into you. And so I, I'm speaking about prayer and supplication, something that, oh, my gosh, we've taught how many times? And the reality of what supplication is, is so profound. And it's, it's partnership with grace in our walk. But to realize that when we go into his heart, when we go, when we press in to, according to his will, and make supplication according to what he intends to accomplish, then the grace is beyond sufficient 
to accomplish what it is that we're supplicating for, if it's a lack or a need or whatever it might be. He knows all those things. And so, I, I don't know, it was just almost like this window of revelation just like opened up for me where we are in, the, in our place of making supplication, partnering with grace, but also the just the flood of his spirit to provide everything that we need to accomplish all these things that we're talking about. It's so incredible. But it's almost like with grace, and correct me if I'm wrong, grace is for the moment. You know, you can't go ahead. I mean, you can't, I don't know. To me, it's like you go before his throne of grace. It's for it's for where you, it's for the moment, right? It's for his appointed horizon. He, yeah, but it's not like I'm supplicating for what I expect to happen in three months, even though, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, what I found myself doing is when I would go before him and pray about some of these things that we're talking about, even the seminar. It's like I was, I was go. It's like my my thinking was always going ahead to Wednesday of the seminar or Thursday of the seminar or this particular activation of the seminar or whatever. And the Lord is like pulling me back saying, no, no, you, you press into my heart and you make supplication and you partner with grace right now. I know what's ahead and I'm going to provide for that. But your, your supplication is in the moment. Does that make sense? Anyway, I don't know why I threw that in there, but it's just... It's just so amazing when we talk about the river from the throne and just his supply in whatever way that he brings it. It's so supernatural and so beyond what we even think or need, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Even um, Brazil. We could be making supplication on behalf of what he plans to to accomplish in Brazil in June, yet we're in the moment with him. And I don't know. There's a connection. <laughs> there's there's a connection between here and there. Yeah. Of course, then, okay, so here's a question. When you look at the river of God in heaven, according to what Ezekiel describes. Why does it come out from the temple and not from the throne? Because that's where the intercession is. Yeah, but but the source of that water ultimately is of God. So... I I think that for the twofold, what you said about intercession, but also the, the very tabernacle of temple of the tabernacle of people that are dying to self, that God chooses to allow the water to stem forth from that. Because even though it's from God, of course, and it has to do with his creation. If it came from the throne, that's an entirely different perspective. It's entirely different unlocking. And it really is an entirely different um, objective if it came from the throne. Because there, there you have God making an edict and us taking, you know, responsibility at the right hand, even if you understood that, and the angels being around, and okay, this is what releases it. But what you said is true. Is it because out of our belly will flow rivers of living water, and so we, that's where we're called? That's the touch point, and we're made. In intercession. We're made from that spirit. Yeah. And... But ultimately, it comes through the throne, right? I mean, well, it it's issued. In, it comes in front of the throne. If you read, it goes out from the east, which if the throne is north, which it is, it always is, 
And all of this is perspective because you could be above and below the throne too, really. But it comes out and then it swings around and it goes in front of the throne. And then it comes down through into paradise and goes down through. That's just what the Bible describes it as doing. So it arguably goes through the sea of glass in some way, maybe under it, through it. But the ultimate source. The ultimate source is God, but where he and his word allows us to see that it comes from is the temple, which is interesting. And then, of course, in eternity, there is no more temple. So that source that God has allowed the water to stem from is just open. Now, here's another weird thing, and I can't prove this in, t in tangible ways. So, this is just from things we've seen. When you go into the temple, or the God allows you to be in there to pray, to gain um, coordination with the angelic, or to sometimes He lets us go in there so that we can be a pioneer to say this is what goes on in there so you can see it <clears throat> but there's that big place where the court of the Gentiles goes out from which goes toward the south <clears throat> but then there, there's this other room that has the I say like the hologram of the earth and there's like the deliberation in there which seems a lot like like an IMAX almost, but it's like a halls of authority. I think the elders do stuff in there. So you said deliberation? Mm -hmm. Okay. But between that place and this room, and it's much bigger than that, but that's just the areas operational for me for the earth. There is kind of like a pool. It's kind of like a, it's a square more it's it's more square and I don't know that it's very deep I don't ever see anybody in it but there's just water there and it's it's beautiful it's just almost like a mirror but it's it's almost crystalline in its in its vibrancy and I've never really equated what that's for it's not ornamental you know it's not the great architect hey let's put a a reflecting pool here you know this would be really neat and I think it does represent the pools of healing the pools of cleansing the pools of supply and vitality but in heaven you don't need any of that so people aren't asking accessing it but I just think that's interesting because, again, I can't prove this, from, so I shouldn't have even said anything about it, but I already did. So to me, I think whatever the tributaries of the river, the streams, or whatever, there are also pools that Jesus uses. And the angels, when that dude, the, the lame guy says, an angel comes down a certain season and troubles this, there's just something in me that knows that's from there. That's that's there's a, there are the miracle bursts that happen from that place, but uh, and so the kneel, the pool of Siloam, Jesus healing the blind man through that. That's just very interesting to me. And I took us way, it's on topic, but it took us way off topic. We just need everything that God wants us to be proficient at. We need to be participating as intercessors in those access points so that we can be empowered, but we can also learn. Um, and, you know, and, and so you got, what do you have? The sources of water. You have a river up there I see the pool I probably need to research maybe the spirit show me where in the scripture I can validate that but I know it's there anyway but you also have lightnings coming out of that temple remember 
It's one of those variations where it doesn't begin with the voice of thunders. It, it starts with lightnings. And we've said, well, that's because that's where the suns are functioning. But the Barak is lightning. It's the igniting of people on their knees before God getting commission for what's going on. Here's lightning. So that's the other source of water. You, so you've got voice thunders, lightnings, earthquakes. If you've got voices, thunders, lightnings, and earthquakes, you've got a storm. You've got rain. So you've got the river that comes from there. You've got lightning that comes out of there, which is part of that. The secret place of thunder, though, is behind the throne. I'm taking us into the holy weeds here. But this source of water, why is the reason I'm going there is why was there such a heightened emphasis on the rivers, the streams, and um, the, the sources of water and his presence? Because it's this. So if the river is for the healing of the nations, the water in the rain is for the activation of the seed and the growing of God's harvest. But the pool... What is the, for the, the, you know, the leaves for the healing of the nations, the water? What is that word? What is that healing word? Do you remember? I mean, if we talk about healing for the, for the nations, I'm assuming we're not talking about every person in the nations is being healed physically. We're talking about, what are we talking about? Well, we're, we're really talking about the, the, well, let's look at it here. Healing is therapia. Okay. So we're talking about function. Okay. That see the that makes perfect. That makes perfect sense. Um, and the nations there is ethnos, which is different because it's not genos. That's normally what it is. But um, is ethnos the earth? Well, you know, you gain you gain ethnic, ethnic from there. It's a people, race, belonging, or living together. When you have the genos describing the peoples, you're talking about what they are, what they're created to be, the genetic identity of what they're supposed to be. But the ethnos is just the indigenous peoples in an area. You know, like ethnic foods and... Yeah, that's kind of confusing because those two are pretty... They... They overlap. <laughs> well, like I'm looking here in, in CWSB, and it says in the Jewish sense, this word always referred to the Gentiles. Okay. So those that are not Israelites, and for them it meant that these people are doing these wacky things that they do, and they're, they're ignorant of the true God. So the therapeia of the ethnos uh, from the leaves of this tree would have to be like when we know this. We've said, and it's true, like a lot of the things that we enjoyed discovering about France, the intricacies of the way the people did things, the creative nature, the intelligence, the discoveries, were because of the STEMI there. You see different things in different places because of the histemi. But here, God's saying, you know, there's a river that's going through there. What did I study recently? What I shared something about the leaves. Um, oh, when I was talking about the sprouts, the, the shooting up, um, that there would be productivity and um, whatever that tree is doing at that moment, you you gain that medicinally so that the people groups, which is what we're sent to now, will begin to function. That's good. Mm -hmm. 
That makes sense. Good makes thought. better sense. Better sense. Yeah. Because if, if the water from the river, you know, like no plant is going to function unless it's got the supply of water pulsing through its mm -hmm. branches. Once you dry that up, it just is dead. So you've got you've got the, the healing of the nations for the nations to function, but the river is also bringing vitality to the earth as a whole. I, I don't know. We really, I've said this four times now, and I, it's my fault. I've led us into the... No, I asked. Very deep things. No, no, no. But that was from the Lord. I think some of my dalliances today have been <laughs> <laughs> just me thinking out loud. But it's good. I mean. Yeah, this is how we share spiritual things with spiritual. So, the presence. This week, we're fasting. We're on our knees for a promotion, a God-ordained promotion, for an empowerment for what we're supposed to be doing. It's part of the, what's called the benediction, but it's really the, the good saying. It is a good saying, but it's not just for saying goodbye to people we'll see you next week. It's, what are you going to do in this tabernacle? You Nazarites have been preparing the way for this moment. Now, here's... Here's Yahweh saying this stuff over you. It's part of the blessing. It's part of his presence twice. Presence and grace. Presence and peace. And now, take this tabernacle and do something with it. It's very interesting. <sighs> I think the... The countenance thing, you know, what does it say about his light shining? Help me remember. Well, it, where? In number six? Yeah. I'll just read it just so that I don't conflate certain things. I, I just was speaking about it a minute ago with the French folks. The Lord bless you, keep you, make his face for presence. Pen, pen That's penny. Shine upon you in grace. And what is the word shine? Shine is or, so it's, it's a, light. A brilliance, yeah. Because to me, that always rem that reminds me of, especially, we're talking about tabernacle and our calling to restore the tabernacle, and about the halal. You know, about the praise, lifting the hands. Um. And halal is to shine. You know, it means a lot of things, but one of the things is really to shine and to embody what, through our halal, mm -hmm. is happening at the throne, to embody that and then apply it here upon the earth. But it, it has so much to do with his light shining upon us, being illuminated with his countenance. To me, that's just part of our function. You talked about being on your knees, lifting your hands, extending the hands. I don't know. It's just there's so much. But then the Lord lifts up his countenance or his face upon us, and that's NASA, mm -hmm. which is to go forward. If you're going in grace, then you want to go forward all the way in grace and be lifted there to be the chief, to be, listen to all these derivatives of NASA, to raise high, to pardon, to contain, to bear support, to burden to exalt, to pronounce, to be partial to, to lift, to be the chief. That's very interesting. Anyway. So. Good stuff. As always, this hour has just shot by. But we do appreciate all of you and your partnership and your willingness to be what um, God wants you to be in this season. So we pronounce a blessing over you 
and whatever the Lord is placing before you to share with him this week. Amen. And thanks. Um, so stay posted. I mean, I don't know what tomorrow Wednesday Night Live is going to be. Um, I don't know what Sunday with communion is going to be. I don't know what God is specifically going to ask of us next week. I know a week from tomorrow we'll be having a prayer time of some sort here on Wednesday and the week following and the week following that is seminar so a string of Wednesdays coming not tomorrow but a string of Wednesdays coming up next week so just keep praying we appreciate you being along for the ride with us we're just along for the ride with the Lord so um Good times. Okay. God bless you all. Goodbye.